everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. And they say there's nothing to talk about at the end of June, early July when it comes to the world of sports. Wrong yet again. Good morning. Welcome to this jam-packed Friday edition of RP3 and Company. It's jam-packed for a couple of reasons. Number one, we got a great show lined up for you. James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast will be joining us at 7 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, our buddy Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South talking all things college football. 8.15, Nick Fondo cashing tickets. And then we're going to talk to one of the fine folks over at Social Entertainment that's putting on a 4th of July celebration this weekend at 8.30. Because it is the 4th of July holiday weekend. On top of that, Astros winners yesterday. NBA free agency madness beginning. Kevin Durant deciding he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. Got a lot to get to today. And of course, as always, we'll take your phone calls. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we have to start off with the news coming out of college athletics. This broke yesterday, and wow. I knew we were headed towards super conferences, headed towards a day where college football in particular would break itself off from the NCAA. I did not expect on June 30th the announcement that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten Conference. In 2024, this apparently had been worked on, according to Ross Dillinger from Sports Illustrated, for a few weeks. It started to build up steam. And the Big Ten, which when it did its realignment and expansion, had gone from Nebraska, Iowa, all the way over to Rutgers is now coast to coast as they add USC and UCLA. It went to a vote. The Big Ten accepted it. Done. I mean, this happened all yesterday. Bang, 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 done. What does this mean? Well, it means you're going to get some thrilling Maryland-UCLA football action or USC-Rutgers And you get to see two teams from Los Angeles play in the snow. (laughs) And you get to see Lincoln Riley, who's been criticized for leaving Oklahoma because it's going to be joining the SEC to go play in a weaker conference, coach in a weaker conference. Now you get to see him coach USC in a conference that has Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State in it. But what this means even more so is that super conferences are coming 
and there's going to be some teams that are going to get left out because the Pac-12 is not going to be able to survive. Some of the teams that the Pac-12 maybe could have went after. By the way, all their presidents, athletic directors had a meeting yesterday afternoon. Some of those teams have already been poached by other conferences. Particularly the Big 12, which is trying to survive. After Texas and Oklahoma left it. So where does the Pac-12 go? Do they try to get Boise? Do they go after Gonzaga, even though Gonzaga doesn't have football? Maybe. Maybe. And if you're the Big Ten, yes, you've added two teams from the Pac-12, which is great. But UCLA and USC have not been relevant in football for 20 years. And that's what's driving everything. The history of UCLA and its great tradition on the hardwood, you know, that's great. Once again, last national championship for UCLA was 1995 when the O'Banion brothers were there. That's been a minute. But this is just the beginning. Because we're bound now for super conferences. At least 20 teams, may even be more when all is said and done. And you're going to have an arms race now, and it's already begun, between the Big Ten and the SEC. And now it's going to be who's going to poach more teams. This also paves the way for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC a year early. That's going to happen now. I've been telling you guys it's going to be happening. But this really paves the way because I can guarantee you the SEC is going to want to have their new shiny toys for 2024, the same year Big Ten is going to unveil theirs. But this isn't done. It's not even close to being done. Because if you're the Big Ten, okay, you've added two West Coast teams. You look at the map. They don't have any other teams in between California and, I don't know, Nebraska. So who else are they going to go after? Could they add Utah? Could they add one of the Arizona schools? I don't think the Arizona schools really fit what the Big Ten wants to do. Colorado, maybe, would make some sense. That way you can kind of piece it together. You don't have a huge part of the United States that doesn't feature your conference. Because that sure does feel like what Warren is trying to do as commissioner of the Big Ten is try to make it coast to coast. Huge television markets by getting L.A. like that. But I'm not a... How do I say this? I don't think that's the right mindset to have because the way we consume sports now, so many things are streamed. Does it matter if you're in a big television market anymore? Maybe. It doesn't feel like it is. And then what's going to happen with Notre Dame? Are they going to continue to try to be independent? Or are they going to finally join the fold of the Big Ten? If I'm the Big Ten, I'm putting, I'm doing a full-court press to get the Fighting Irish in. Then who's going to 
pick off the parts of the carcass that will become the Pac-12. And the Big 12, who's done its realignment, watch out. That's the other part of this. Watch out about that. Because remember the alliance that was made last year? This happened after Texas and Oklahoma announced right before the start of SEC media days or during SEC media days that they were going to be joining the SEC. And then the Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12 created the alliance. We're going to stick together. Well, so much for that alliance is one of the conferences is poaching the other teams, conferences, teams now. That didn't last long. Self-preservation stepped in and said, sorry, but not sorry. I want to take these teams. Because the component of this that's interesting is that the Pac-12 can essentially, their member schools can essentially serve as free agents because the media rights deal is expiring. It expires after 2023. So now these schools can be like, oh, I don't want to be part of this conference. And that's exactly what's happened behind the scenes with USC and UCLA. What happens to Oregon? Does the Big Ten go after Oregon as well? And just try to essentially consolidate the Pac-12 and the Big Ten? Add Oregon, add Colorado, add Utah? That would make a lot of sense. I don't think anyone wants the Arizona schools, by the way. I think they're going to be left out in the dust. Then you go back to the Big 12. There was a lot of rumor, a lot of push last year. Kansas to the Big 10. Maybe Oklahoma State to the Big 10. I still think Kansas is a viable option for the Big Ten. It fits their footprint, and it kind of fits what they want to do. But then, if you take Kansas away from the Big 12, what's left? I think SEC should probably try to go get Oklahoma State. Just makes sense. You already have Oklahoma. And then try to get ACC teams. It'd be easier to get the Big 12 teams because ACC teams, by the way, it gets revealed yesterday that their media rights contract is for another 14 years. So that's going to be a huge, big payout to try to get out of that. But it makes a lot of sense, especially for the SEC to turn in its attention. Maybe it grabs Oklahoma State or maybe it says, you know what, we're done with that. Let's go get ourselves North Carolina. Let's go get Clemson. Let's get Florida State. Let's get Miami. Let's go get Duke. I mean, this is what it's going to boil down to. It's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC creating these huge super team conferences. That's what it's going to do. And the other conferences are going to fall by the wayside. Because everyone sees the writing on the wall. And no one wants to be left without a chair to sit in. Clemson's been adamant, oh, we want to stay in the ACC. Okay. Maybe Clemson goes to the Big Ten. But this is 
only the beginning. I said it last year when this news broke about Texas and Oklahoma. We were at the Sunbelt Conference Media Day, and it broke that morning. And I talked about it, and I said, this is just the beginning. Big Ten's being aggressive. They break their alliance with the Pac-12. They're poaching teams from the Pac-12. Does the SEC respond? I believe the SEC's been talking to some other teams already. Florida State, Miami seem to be tops on that list for me because then you can control essentially all of Florida. And I know what you're going to say. RP3, you already got the best team in Florida, Florida Gators. Over uh, across multiple sports because the Gators are good in softball, baseball, basketball, right? Okay, you're exactly correct. Texas A&M didn't want to be in a conference with Texas anymore. Remember? Texas A&M left the Big 12 to join the SEC. Texas A&M says, we don't want Texas. They publicly came out and said they didn't like the idea of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Did that stop Texas and Oklahoma from joining the SEC? It sure didn't. It sure did not. If you think for a heartbeat that the SEC is going to care about the feelings of South Carolina, about them adding Clemson or North Carolina or Duke, forget about it. And if you think they care about Florida squabbling, about Florida State and Miami joining, forget about it. The SEC is going to do whatever it feels is needed to have its conference continue to thrive. So this is, I think, what you're going to see. The Big 12 and the ACC are going to be broken up as well because it just makes a lot more. It makes a lot of sense. For the Big 10, you add Boston College. It's an academic school. It's in your footprint over there anyway. You get another team towards the East Coast for travel purposes. You can poach that away from the ACC. Miami, Florida State, they just make sense. They feel like SEC schools anyway. They always have. Just fold them right in. Clemson is the one that I don't know because I don't know what their leadership would want. I feel like they probably would prefer the Big Ten over the SEC because they've always been critical of the SEC. North Carolina Duke, maybe you split that up. As it stands this morning, July 1st, I'd feel probably that North Carolina would feel more comfortable coming to the SEC than Duke would. Duke would probably pride itself on going to the Big Ten. So it's going to be stuff like that. It's just going to constantly be expanding. Realignment, expansion, and super conferences are here. They are here now. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company. More about the news dominating college athletics yesterday. UCLA and USC being accepted into the Big Ten starting in 2024. We'll talk more about that. We'll take your phone calls. Game hotlines open 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? 
back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man, it's time for an epic night of fights. UFC 276 is here, and two titles are on the line. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Whether it's a victory by KO, submission, or decision, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Gay Parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place the same game parlay, and if it hits, you'll win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code 1037GAME this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 years of age or older to play physically present in Louisiana. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Big news of the day. What's dominating the conversation, of course, college football realignment yet again. UCLA and USC join the Big Ten. They're approved as well. Same day. Amazing. Now the Big Ten goes from coast to coast. It's what we've been talking about. It's what's been dominating sports talk. Let's head out to the hotline. We got people waiting to get on to give their two cents. Let's start off with Brandon. Brandon, good morning to you, brother. Happy Fourth of July weekend, my friend. What's on your mind? Oh, appreciate it. Happy 4th of July to y'all, too. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. I listen to y'all every morning. Uh, my question was, uh, what impact, if any, will it have on conferences, say, like the Sun Belt or the All-American Conference? Could the Big 12 or the Pac-12 potentially poach some of those smaller conferences to fill the void that Texas, Oklahoma, and SC and UCLA leaving? Brandon, I appreciate the phone call, brother. I'll answer your question. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you, sir. It is going to be interesting because there's going to have to be a decision made. And and look, the leadership of the Pac-12 is going to want to try to survive, right, as Brandon's asking there. But where do they go? And are, are they just going to simply go? Because I'm telling you, their conference is not being done poached right now. Other teams are going to be looked at, particularly by the Big Ten, for coming in and taking. This is just the first domino. So the Pac-12, the presidents and athletic directors had a conference call yesterday to discuss all this. We don't know what exactly was discussed. We just know there was a meeting. So if you're the Pac-12, do you try to survive here? Do you add Boise State? Do you add a Hawaii? Do you do whatever you can to try to stay relevant? Do you add Gonzaga, but obviously Gonzaga doesn't play football? It's going to be a shell of itself because 
there's no other teams to go out there. Even if you go smaller, there's no other teams for them to to gobble up like they've done in years past when they added Utah and Colorado to make it bigger and better. There just isn't. So you're going to have to go down a tier to add teams like the Big 12 did. So I think that's a big question mark. Does the Pac-12 and the Big 12 maybe combine? That's something that could possibly be done. Pull your resources together, and essentially you have one conference that's on that side of the country. So you have that. What happens to West Virginia, though? I've been saying this for a while. West Virginia is out here just hanging out, doesn't have a home. It's in the Big 12, but it's way over in, wait for it, West Virginia. Does the ACC add it? Does the SEC add the uh, West Virginia? I've talked about that as well. So it'll be interesting to see because it's all going to depend, Brandon, on what happens with the Pac-12. Do they decide to try to survive on their own? Or do they get aggressive since the Big Ten turned on them? Once again, the alliance is broken. Do they then turn on the Big 12 and go, okay, let's go out and get Oklahoma State. Or let's go get TCU. Or let's go get Texas Tech. Let's get Baylor. Let's go get these teams out of the Big 12. Because the Big 12 is still vulnerable even with adding the teams that they did. So there'll be a trickle-down effect. What does the Pac-12 do? Do they try to add teams on that side of the coast? Do they merge with the Big 12? Do they poach the Big 12? Can the Big 12 handle that? And once the dust settles, man, you're going to have two or three super conferences of 20, 24, 26 teams apiece, man. That's what it's going to become, and I believe it's going to happen within less than five years. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on James to the show. James, thank you for waiting, brother. Happy 4th of July to you and yours. What's on your mind? Hey, happy 4th of July to you guys, too. Hey, part of me loves all this chaos, and part of me just doesn't quite understand it. Um, Do you think, I want your opinion, do you think all the conferences are going to finally put their foot down and make them bring all sports over? Like Notre Dame, they're in the ACC, they're an independent for football, and their hockey team plays in the Big Ten, right? Are we talking just football realignments? Are we talking just basketball realignments? No, it's full. It's it's full. Title IX and all that. It's full realignment. Women's teams. I mean, are the men's and women's field hockey teams going to be flying cross country for USC to go play on the East Coast? It's going to add a lot of complexity to all this. It's full. It's full. It's full sports. It's all sports. When they join these conferences, Notre Dame has its situation because it's independent. But once you join the conference, it's for all sports if the conference has that sport, right? That's the caveat, right? Some some of these conferences don't have certain uh, smaller sports, but it's for all sports. And But football is the engine that drives this, right? We, we all know that. We all look at that and understand that. Uh, for me, does it make sense to have UCLA playing Rutgers in football? No. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, but we're getting to the point where it's going to be two or three super conferences that are going to control everything, and everyone else is going to get left behind. That's what's going to happen in, within five years. Everybody else is going to get left behind. And how you and I, James, know college football and have been raised with college football and love college football, it's not going to look anything like that. It's just not. No, I agree. You're right. It just, it's, 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 it's just crazy, and it extends on other sports. And look, they don't care about the other sports because it's all about football. Football drives the engine. Football drives 
the finances. They're not caring about lacrosse, soccer, volleyball, golf, tennis. They, they don't. They don't even care about baseball, softball, and basketball. The only thing that's driving this, the only thing they care about is football and the football television money. We got to take a timeout. We'll keep those phone calls coming. Keep that discussion coming. Love it. Hotline is open 337-706-0111. It's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the game, 1037 Laugh. Yeah, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. Yes. All you have to do to win the new Apple Watch is join our brand new text club. That's right. Simply text GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join our new text club, you're going to be eligible to win a brand spanking new Apple Watch. Plus, you'll have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the game's new text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We have a poll question of the day to unveil, to reveal to all of you. It's a good one, too. Not to worry. We don't, we don't come up with bad poll questions. We come up with good ones. Are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? Because it sure does feel that way. At least 20. I've seen some people that I trust that cover college sports says, don't be surprised if we get up to 30 teams in a conference. Woof is what I say to that. That is our poll question of the day. Are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? 67% of you say yes. 33% say no. I love, I love the fact that some of you don't believe that we're going to 20-team super conferences. I just don't see a way where it's not going to happen. Because they're going to keep going. Because these conferences are going to struggle to survive. There's not enough teams to go around. There's just not enough teams to go around to keep the big five conferences. One of them is going to go away. And I think two are going to go away, to be honest with you. I think you're going to have two of them go away when it's all said and done. The The, the tidal wave that is the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to expansion, it, it's just too massive. It's too massive. And, and, and who are you going to pair yourself with? If you're the Pac-12, let's say you merge with the Big 12. You already have 12 in your names. Boom. Figure out a new name. And, and let's say Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU merge with 
Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Well, let's say the Big Ten doesn't want any more Pac-12 teams. Okay, great. That's a massive footprint. But let's say that happens. Well, that eliminates one conference right there. Now we're down to one. And that and that, that would be a 20-team conference. And if you think the Big Ten's done, they're not. Notre Dame is going to stop being an independent. It is going to happen. Who's going to have Notre Dame? That's going to be the big question mark moving forward. It makes sense for them to be in the Big Ten. It just does. I know they play all their other sports right now, except for football, in the ACC. But do they feel like an ACC team to you? Eh, not really. And it's eventually going to get to the point where you're not going to care. Because of the playoff and the impending playoff expansion down the road for college football, it doesn't really matter. And what I mean by that, for years, man, if you won your conference championship, you had a chance of winning the national title. You lose one game or go undefeated, you win your conference, man, you got a shot. Well, with expanded playoffs, you're going to start having one-loss teams, two-loss teams in there. So let's say you're Notre Dame. And you lose one game during the regular season but don't win your conference championship. You're still going to have a chance to be in the playoff and still ultimately have a chance to win a national championship. Why do you think Oklahoma and Texas decided to join the SEC? They saw the writing on the wall. They're like, well, okay. We can either stay in the Big 12 and get trucked every year in the playoff or we can join the SEC take our lumps in the SEC, but because we play in the SEC, we'll still have a chance to get into the playoff. All the money with the college football playoff and how that's going to expand is driving this. So the traditional conferences, the traditional divisions, you've already we've already heard that conferences are going to get away from divisions. The Pac-12 was the first to do that. SEC is already expressing interest in doing it as well. The old school divisions and everything, that's not going to matter. It's just not going to matter anymore. That's the road we're heading down. And that's what's going to happen. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Doug to the show. Doug, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Happy 4th of July to you and yours. Oh, and happy 4th to you and everybody in uh, the game uh, listening area. Uh, Ray, you're exactly right. I mean, these, these, uh, these conferences are going to grow. 20, 25, 30 teams. And I even see maybe soaking up some of these smaller conferences. Mountain West, conferences like that, Conference USA, they can be soaked up into these bigger conferences. And and what are you going to do in the SEC for the SEC championship? You just take the, the one and two teams at the top and throw them into Atlanta for the championship? Yep. That's how that that's how they would do that. That's how they're planning on doing that. Once you get rid of divisions, you just take the top two teams, and that that'll be what you do. But once again, I've said this. I think conference championships are going to be devalued, Doug. I don't think it's going to matter. You, you'll play in a conference, and you'll have a conference schedule, and it'll matter for television purposes. But whoever wins the conference championship, okay, you win the conference championship for the SEC. That probably guarantees you a spot. But the way the playoff expansion is going to happen, you're going to get two, three, maybe yeah. four teams into the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's going to become. 
It's going to become yeah, like the NFL. That. It's going to yeah, become like I, the you're NFL. Right, Ray. You're right. It's crazy, man. This is getting crazy. And it's all because they see what the SEC's been doing in the championship here lately, especially in football. Alabama, Georgia, LSU. I mean, it's been the SEC here lately. And uh, they want to get yeah. a piece of the pie. Appreciate the phone call, Doug. Happy fourth to you and yours, brother. Hey, y'all too, Ray. And here's the other thing. Not only are they winning, but the, the southeastern portion of the United States. I saw a graphic the other day for the major championships in college sports has dominated for like 20 years across the board. So that's part of it. Look, the Big Ten is the, the, the look, the Big Ten's great. Do I still struggle wrapping my brain around the fact that Rutgers and now UCLA and USC are in the Big Ten? Yeah. But that also was going to appeal to Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a long-standing rivalry with, wait for it, USC. They play every year. And Notre Dame has rivalries with the Big Ten schools. They don't have a single one with any ACC schools, with the exception of, think, Boston College. I think that's like a lower-tier rivalry for Notre Dame. So if you're the Big Ten, just add Notre Dame and... You could now add Notre Dame and Boston College. Now you got two teams on this side of the country, too. And and you could keep going. Let's add Colorado and Utah. Boom, done. There's two more. One of these or two of these major conferences that we've all come to know like family the last 30 years is not going to exist. Within five years, they're going to be gone. And Doug's right. You could see this kind of morph into the smaller conferences as what Brandon was bringing up earlier when he called about the consolidation, essentially. Sunbelt and the American merging or the Sunbelt and Conference USA merging into one big 2024 team conference. You're eventually going to have to do that to survive. But I also strongly feel that This is also going to get us even closer for major college athletics, the major conferences from pulling away completely from the NCAA. Just pulling away and saying, it's been a great run, but we're done. (laughs) I mean, you know, college football is not about academics or being student athletes. College football is all about money and getting prepared for the NFL and being a minor league system for the NFL. That's what drives it. So it's going to be fascinating to watch and how this is all going to play out. What teams are next? Who's going to be joining next? Who's going to leave? Are we going to get to the point where we're going to have some conferences? I thought about this as well. Are we going to get to the point where we're going to have some conferences that are going to drop teams? To make room for better teams? Because eventually you're going to cap out on where you're at, right? You can only take so many teams. Is the SEC going to tell South Carolina, thank you for your time, but we're dropping you because we want somebody else? 
could the Big Ten say, Rutgers, yeah, you were part of our expansion plans a few years ago, but we want to add Notre Dame instead, so you don't have a conference. I'm just saying, it, it, it feels like it's going to be anything goes when it comes to college athletics, and particularly college football. Keep voting on that poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll update it throughout today's show. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company, though, coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July the 30th, and you can be there. That's right. You can be there in person. Go register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score four tickets. That's right. You can pick the three people that come with you. Maybe you want to take the family for a baseball adventure. Great. Maybe you want to take some coworkers. Or... Maybe you don't. So entirely up to you which friends or family you decide to take with you to go see the Strohs take on the Mariners. We just want to hook you up with tickets. Four tickets and a tour at Minute Maid Ballpark and, wait for it, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's take a couple of minutes to speak about those Astros. College football even in the offseason, taking over the conversation. But the Strohs took on the Yankees yesterday. Kevin Foote was preparing himself for a, a big old L. That's what he said. You know, no Pena, no Alvarez. They're going to miss the game. Yankees are embarrassed because they got their faces crushed. Astros are going to have some players out. Quick turnaround. It's going to be Paul Ball. Well, ended up not being. 2-1 victory for the Strohs. That has to be a great victory for Kevin, right? 2-1, that's right in Footsie's wheelhouse. Garcia gets win number six on the bump. He outduels Severino. Ryan Presley, another nice outing by him. He picks up the save. Garcia went five and a third, scattered three hits, only gave up the one earned run, struck out six, walked two. The one run was on a home run, pitched through 101 pitches yesterday. And then you got good production from the bullpen. Stanek, Naris, Montero, and then Presley comes in and closes out the door. Two strikeouts in his relief appearance. You love seeing that. This was a pitcher's duel, but the Strohs got the runs that they needed in particular from a man who began the year on a huge slump but he's starting to turn things around Alex Bregman in the third hits a double to deep left that brings in two runs and that ended up being enough Anthony Rizzo former Chicago Cub turned Yankee got a solo shot a home run that went 358 feet there in the sixth but that's all the runs the Yankees could muster as Bregman's two-run double was plenty to be able to get the win. And once again, the two best teams in baseball battling it out. 
and the Astros are victorious. There you go. Altuve, 0 for 4 uh, yesterday. Kyle Tucker, 0 for 2. Guriel, 0 for 2. Alvarez, Pena, not in the lineup. Didn't matter. That's what you got to love about this Astros team. They always find a way. Somebody always steps up to pick up the slack. It's what they do. It's how they're built. 48 and 27 now on the year the Strohs are. And by the way, those nine games against the two best teams in baseball out of New York, Yankees and Mets, Astros went 7-2 and two against them. Now they welcome in the fighting MVPs, the Los Angeles Angels, for a three-game weekend set this holiday weekend. That's going to do it for us for hour number one. Hour number two coming up, we'll talk to James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. Good morning to all of you listening, and good morning to all of you that are hitting us up on our new chat feature that's on the website. That's right. If you want to chat with us through your computer, watch out now. Fanciness is coming your way. You can do so. You can hit us up and talk about any topics throughout the show. You simply go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You just click on the Listen Now player, which is right at the top of the homepage. You click on that. You start that, and boom. The big group chat is going to be popping up. You can ask us anything you'd like, and, of course, we'll answer your questions, and we'll talk back, communicate back with you throughout today's show or any show, for that matter. Hour number one. Conversation, phone calls dominated by college football realignment expansion. UCLA and USC are headed to the Big Ten. And let's get ready for some UCLA Rutgers 9.30 Saturday night kickoff football action. Who's ready? Raise your hand. But this is the world we live in, and we're trending towards super conferences, essentially pro leagues for college sports, in particular college football. It's going to continue to go this way. Last year, it was Texas-Oklahoma making their announcement that they're joining the SEC. Now it's the Big Ten poaching USC and UCLA. So much for the alliance between the Big 12, Pac-12, and Big Ten, huh? So much for that. Money's involved. And this is just going to keep going. It's just going to keep going. ACC, can it survive? Big 12, Pac-12, will it simply become one conference? They already got 12 in the name. Would be easy. Or do they try to poach some of the smaller programs 
in other conferences. The realignment carousel continues moving forward and goes around and around and around. Poll question of the day is, are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? 82% of you say yes. 18% of you say no. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. And hit us up on our group chat there at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. But right now, it's time for us to talk Houston Astros baseball. Winner again. 7-2 and two against the supposed two best teams in baseball from New York. They now welcome in the fighting MVPs for this weekend. To talk all about it is our friend from the Lima Time Time podcast and Houston Chronicle contributor, James Yasko. James, good morning to you, brother. How are you, man? I am wonderful. How are you doing? Tremendous. All right, bud. Seven and two combined against the Mets and the Yankees. That involved a no-hitter as well in the Bronx. As it stands this morning, July 1st, how do you feel about where the Astros are and how do you feel about how they performed against two of the best teams in baseball? I mean, it's they're seven and two with when the two losses were walk-offs by Aaron Judge. I mean, that it, that win is as you know some should should Dusty have pitched to Aaron Judge, you know that that and just take your chances with Rizzo. We saw what Rizzo did yesterday, so um, I'm okay with with giving some guys a chance to to go up and challenge, you know, and and just try to step up and make a pitch, you know. But the, the Astros having a what 11 game lead in the division, you know. I, I mean, I understand you want to win every game. But I think there's some there's some value in letting in letting guys you know get out of a get out of a big moment. So you you've got to feel good. It it doesn't it doesn't solve anything. We we can't be the the Mariners of the, uh, you know of of, of the Amer the, the other Mariners of the American League West and start hanging banners or anything like that. But no, that that went great. It was great. Alex Bregman sure does seem like he's turned a corner. Do you believe he has? Yeah, he heard us all talking crap about him, and <laughs> and and y'all y'all know better than anybody that you don't talk crap about Alex Bregman. So so it's it's extreme. It's it's nice to have him back. So that was I was a little bit worried there for a little bit. It does seem like he's getting his hands around and everything so much. So the, the minor little things, right? That that were bothering him, and that the average has improved by more than I think I think twenty points, twenty twenty two points in the last three weeks. So that's an encouraging sign. Uh, how scary was seeing a massive human being, Jordan Alvarez, and not massive human being, Jeremy Pena, collide the other day? The crazy thing is that Jeremy Pena is actually a pretty big guy. It's just that Jordan is 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 a massive like human. A, he's <laughs> yeah. a ripped, minute bull uh, out there. Um, no, that was there. There were some extreme. And this is going back a ways for Astros fans, but there were some big Carlos Lee, Adam Everett collision vibes uh, with with that one. And and by all accounts, they're they're both okay. Um, them being out yesterday was just precautionary, and turns out you didn't need them anyway. So uh, no, that was that was absolutely terrifying. When do you expect them to be back today? Starting with the Angels series, or no? I mean, let's kind of see how they feel. You know, if, if if Jordan Alvarez ran full speed into me, you would see my soul depart from Minute Maid Park like immediately. Like I would be, I'd be playing, be a ghost playing a harp. 
uh, as I went out through the retractable roof. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe today, um, you know, but, but if, if they, if they both needed a couple of days, you know, it, it's certainly something that you would understand. Talking with James Yasko, the Lima time time podcast and contributor for the Houston Chronicle. He joins us here on RP three and company. All right, bud. Let's talk about this rotation because we know Verlander, first 10 game winner in the big leagues this year, Cy Young award winner, MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer. We know the resume. Framer Valdez, though, has firmly established himself, in my opinion, as an all star and as the team's clear number two pitcher. Uh, what do you think has been the difference for Framer the last year, year and a half? You can really go back to 2020 uh, and and start to see him start to see Framber emerge a little bit. Um, and with with Framber, you know, it's not like his stuff has gotten a ton better. Like he's he's throwing the same types of pitches. I think that the, what the last couple of years done years have done is just give him confidence. And you know, you would you would see you know Framber would be rolling for three or four innings, and then he'd give up a bloop hit to lead off an inning and, and he would just mentally completely unravel. Um, and he doesn't really do that anymore. And so I, I think the, the biggest key with Framber is just the confidence in um, and trusting who's behind him. Um, you know, it, it, you've got to feel confident with, with the defense that you have behind you if you're an Astros pitcher. Um, and so with Framber, I, th- I think the biggest difference is, is just that, that he trusts his pitches and he trusts the guys behind him. Uh, and and that wasn't always the case. Then you look at this team, Verlander, Valdez. That's your one-two punch, and that's a heck of a one-two punch. Then you have Javier, Garcia, and Urquidy that are all your three, four, five guys. And really, on most teams, they'd be your number three option, but the Astros are so deep that they're your three, four, and five guys. Oh, and you're getting Lance McCullers and Jake Odorizzi back as well. I think the Yankees series proved that they have the best and the deepest starting pitching staff in the big leagues. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you're ta- you're talking about, you know, you, you still haven't factored in Lance McCullers uh, this season. You know, Odorizzi, he's a little bit more of a question mark. He was just kind of starting to put it together. He'd had a, a string of three or four good starts uh, when he got hurt. Um, but, but, you know, the, the, James click has some, has some tough decisions to make, uh, in the next, in the next 29, 30 days, you know, as far as, because while I think you're right, the Astros showed they have the, the deepest rotation, uh, at least in the American league, um, the, there, there are some bullpen questions and, and do you, do you trade from excess and shore up your bullpen or do you trust your your pitching staff, uh, your your pitching coaching staff, um, to to sort of correct some of the some of the inconsistencies that you see? And it's not like the bullpen's been bad. Um, you know, these are these are good problems to have if you're an Astros if you're an Astros fan. But but there there are some tough decisions coming. Do they need another left-handed pitcher out of the pen? I, I think I think another bullpen piece is is the is the minimum of what they do. Um, what they do at the trade deadline. Uh, I, I would not be okay with trading Christian Javier for, for a, a, a lefty one inning, you know, reliever guy. 
but but there's there's enough depth in the in the system that that you can swing a trade you can swing a trade like that. But I, I think I think a bullpen piece at, at minimum is is what they do, possibly center field. Um, you know, we'll see what we'll see what Jake Myers does over the next month. Well, James, that leads me to a question because you have a wealth of pitching, right? And you have right now you can go five deep with your rotation. You still have Lance McCullers Jr. and Jake Odorizzi to return, which means that would give you seven starting pitchers. And on top of it, you have Mr. Domination down in AAA just tearing it up, just waiting for a chance to be able to come up and play in the big leagues. Do you take one of those other guys in the rotation and trade them to go get you a center fielder and maybe a lefty out of the pin? You know, I, I, the, the one of the issues with that is that is that you know seven starting pitchers, you know eight if you include Brown. Um, you know, the, you you need you're going to need them, you know, over the course of the of the next uh, three months, uh, just to kind of get through the the rest of the season. You can you can be strategic in in skipping a guy in a rotation, and um, you know. You, while I think everyone realizes that Justin Verlander is, is an absolute horse, uh, he hasn't pitched in two years and, you know, would does workload factor in uh, to anything like that. So you may very well just need eight starting pitchers to get you to, to get you to October healthy. Um, but, you know, if, if there is, you know, if, if someone's willing to, to take on Odorisi, um contract isn't the the team friendliest contract that, that you'll see then 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 maybe you take that chance um you know the the the, the good thing is there there are enough teams that that aren't try, that simply are not trying uh this year that that you might be able to pick up kind of a value piece but if they're not trying that means they're trying to acquire assets uh and and jake Oder, jake Oderizzi isn't going to help the reds you know the, to to do what go from 57 wins to 59 wins um, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's a very strange trade market and it'll be really interesting to see how it shapes up, uh, over the next few weeks. James, I want to move on to this weekend because it's interesting. You, they just went through the gauntlet of playing the Mets twice who they crushed and then went toe to toe with the Yankees and won three out of the five games there. Well, a lot of hype about it huge week of you know quote-unquote measuring stick games for this team to prove that it belongs in the conversation of being the best team in baseball but now you get the fighting MVPs as we like to call them around here and the Kansas City Royals back to back is there danger here of the Strohs exhaling so to speak and getting too relaxed facing the Angels and the Royals after such a gauntlet of games against the Mets and the Yankees? First of all, you said, let's talk about this weekend. And I thought it was finally time to talk about the Tour de France. Uh, so I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll, wait, we'll, we'll wait on that uh, a little oh, bit. We'll, we'll, we'll table that for later. <laughs> um, I think for, for Astros fans, the, there is, the, there's a lot of flinching that happens when you think about the Astros and how – you know the Astros would beat. You know they would. Be, it would be totally within the the realm of possibility that the Astros could take seven of nine from the Yankees and Mets and get swept by the Angels immediately. And and there's a lot in in Astros franchise history to to make that a very real concern. 
I just, I don't, th th this team does not care about past trauma, uh, 2019 and 2021 World Series excluded. Um, you know, th this isn't the the team that, that a lot of us grew up with in the late 90s and early 2000s where they win 100 games and then get swept by the Braves, uh, which that's a tip of the cap to you, RP3. Um, I, I, I think it's a concern. You know, it's, it, you want to make sure that you keep your foot on the gas. Uh, you know, a bad few days means your, your lead goes from 11 games to seven games and seven, you know, that that's, that's a little bit tighter. However, there's nothing to, and they, they beat the Yankees without Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena. And, you know, there, that was sort of a rest day lineup that they put in, uh, is it Mauricio Dubon in center field, you know, that, that it's not the same that they're, they don't carry the weight of the world, <laughs> the weight of the baseball world, as far as the Astros are concerned, the way that the fans do. All right, bud, one more, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, our favorite person, Rob Manford, decides, uh, wants to suggest expansion yet again. And, and here's my problem with it. You don't force the teams you currently have in the league and the owners that you currently have in this league to actually invest in their own teams. I'm talking about Kansas City. I'm talking about Baltimore. Cincinnati, I know they spent some money this offseason, but for the last 15 years, the Reds have treated their team like a dumpster fire. The Pirates, a quarter, nearly a quarter of the league already is allowed to treat their franchises and their fan bases like porta potties that have been set on fire. What world do we live in where adding two more teams is going to help this league? Yeah, you know, you're going to dilute the the already you know, thinning uh, talent pool in, in major league baseball. And, you know, I think there is a, there is a part of, of some, what some of these teams are thinking. And I think we talked about this last week, <clears throat> what some of these teams are thinking is, well, look what the Astros did. You know, they, they burned it to the, they, they stripped the, they stripped the house down to the studs. You know, they, they, they took it to the foundation. They rebuilt it. That's what we're doing. And I, and I think that there, there may be a couple of owners that, that are legitimately going. If you look in the, if you're watching, you'd saw my dog's butt in the background as he climbed up in the chair. Behind me. Um, the, the, they're, they're looking that the, they're, they're legitimately trying to go that route, you know, trying to, to build, you know, from, from the ground up and, you know, Baltimore, uh, their GM was an assistant to, to Luno for, for a, for a decently long time. You know, they, they brought a couple of guys, uh, from the Astros. There are, there are others in, and you could, I think you could include the pirates in this, that, that they're doing, they're, they're saying they're going the Astros mode, but they're just pocketing the money. Correct. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you, how you answer that, you know, I mean, and, and, and I think what we talked about last week was that there was no guarantee that what the Astros were going to do was actually going to pay off. You know, that they had three number one picks overall in a row. Uh, you know, one was Carlos Correa. One um, never made the majors and turned into the Alex Bregman pick, which is just freaking dumb luck. Uh, and then one made his major league debut nine years later, you know, what, two nights ago with Mark Appel? Yeah. It, 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 it didn't, I mean, it, it's all development. It's, you know, George Springer was, was drafted by Ed Wade, not Jeff Luna. Like it's, it's just, there's so many different components that go into being a successful major league team that it's not as simple as, 
well, lose a hundred games, you know, a season for a little bit. And then, and then you're, you're right back. You, you, you're, you're winning the world series, you know, five years later. Um, the, the, the only, there was a very real possibility that, that the, that the Astros would have no support and, and that's sort of up to the fans to decide whether or not they are going to support a team like the Pirates, whether or not they're going to support a team like the Reds uh, that are that are just so bad and are seemingly not acting in good faith. And and it's, you know, once once fans stop showing up, um, you know, I don't I don't think a salary floor is is the way to go if you're Rob Manfred. Um but but there there I don't I don't know how you address you know the teams that aren't really trying I that, that there's not a simple solution to that. Let's add more. James, always appreciate your time, brother. Enjoy your uh, weekend. Enjoy uh, breaking down the Tour de France, and I'm sure there's some type of English Premier League soccer to discuss. Sorry, we Next ran week, out of time, sure. bud. I'm sure we're going to get to the Calvin Phillips and Rafinha and the possibility of Charles de Ketelar and, and all of that. So I'm looking forward to that next week. <laughs> Have a great weekend, brother. <laughs> James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast. Also contributed to the Houston Chronicle, talking all things Astros with us. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. Fellas, listen up. I know it can be costly to show the lady a good time. It's going to hurt your wallet a little bit. Especially now, these days, when gas prices are so high, right? You're struggling to fill up your truck. But hear me out. We want to help you out. We are your friend. We are the wingman you've been looking for. Because if you become a member of our clubhouse today, starting today, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes. By just signing up, you're going to earn 500 points. You can earn more points as you go along and use those points to enter to win free stuff like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. That's right. That's what we got in there right now for you. Great gift certificates to local restaurants, but not to worry. You can also score Astros tickets, station swag, concert tickets, and more. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So do yourself a favor and go sign up today. Let's check in on the old poll question of the day. We asked you, are we headed towards a 20-team super conferences for collegiate sports? USC, UCLA, they put their paperwork in to join the Big Ten. The Big Ten says, thank you very much. Come on down. It's a done deal. They're going to start play 2024. Are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? 87% of you say yes. 13% say no. 
JPK the OD says, say hello to the big Pac-24. Bring on the chaos. I could see one of these. I could see the Big 12 and the Pac-12 just merging and just saying, screw it. Let's do this. Really good. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, the plan is for there to one day only be six total conferences. Also, the big Pac-20 suggested by JPK, the OD, will be the third best conference in football, third in basketball, and will get one team in the College World Series at least every four or five years. How are they going to survive? That's going to be the interesting thing here in college athletics, particularly with college football driving everything. Who's going to figure how, how they're going to survive is what I'm fascinated by. Not particular what conference they go to, but how what they're thinking is. Do the teams left over in the Pac-12, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, do they go, okay, guys, let's add UNLV. Let's add Gonzaga and Cal State Fullerton in non-football sports. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, and it's just not, okay, we lost USC and UCLA for the Pac-12. You have to be worried about other teams now defecting. Because reports are that USC and UCLA are the ones that reached out. They collaborated and reached out to join the Big Ten. So the Pac-12 thought they had an alliance, thought the dust had settled with realignment for a little while, and then they wake up yesterday and go, oh, two of our teams have left. They're gone. What do we do now? Because now you got to be worried that you're going to get picked off even more. If I'm the Big Ten, I really look at probably Colorado and Utah. Makes a lot of sense. And if there's no alliance, does the Big 12 say, hey, we got an opportunity here. We don't want to be the ones left behind. Let's go see if Colorado and Utah want to join us now that the Pac-12's week have Colorado come back to the fold. Is that what the play is? Does the SEC step in and try to poach another Big 12 team now? Do they try to go get Oklahoma State or do they turn their attention to the eastern seaboard, if you will, and look at Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, Miami, Pac-12 teams are going to be easier to be poached right now because the media rights deal expires after next year, which is why USC and UCLA are able to join for 2024. So the Pac-12 is going to be in panic mode here because they're going to have to figure out how to stabilize things and ward off the invaders, if you will, because the Big Ten already turned on them. Does the Big Ten still want some other teams from there? You want academic institutions? The Big Ten likes to pride itself in there. Do you go back in California and go get Cal? What about Stanford? They're still there. Or does Cal and Stanford say, hey, Oregon, we got this. Let's go poach Big 12 teams. Or is the Big 12 going to try to poach the Pac-12? That's fascinating to me what happens there and what ideas they come up for survival. Because it sure does feel like we're trending in that direction of massive leagues in one of these five. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big 12 
One of them is going to go by the wayside probably within the next three to four years. We thought it was the Big 12. They scrambled. They adjusted. They added teams from American and Conference USA to do it. Can they survive losing Oklahoma State? Can they survive that? I don't know. I I really don't. So things are very fragile for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 right now. You could lose both of them in the next five years. And then you got the Notre Dame question. Does Notre Dame finally join a conference? If you're the ACC, you're going to try hard to get Notre Dame to come to you for football now full-time because that would strengthen your conference. But if you're Notre Dame, do you go, eh, yeah, we could, but we're not even for sure the teams in your own conference are going to stay there. Look, Florida State, Miami, those feel like SEC schools already, especially Florida State. Is Florida going to be happy about that? No. Do you think the SEC is going to care? Nope. They didn't care about adding Texas. After Texas A&M said, we really don't want Texas to be part of this conference, they went ahead and did it anyway. Just going to be interesting to see what happens. Can the ACC hold off everyone? Because it sure does feel like it's the SEC and the Big Ten running things. And everyone else is just trying to stay on the back of the truck, so to speak, and not fall off. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. You want to get those phone calls in? Hey, holler at us. Game hotline's open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up. That's right, you, right now, in your truck, in your car, driving to work, or maybe you're working out at the gym. Maybe you're at home with the kids. Maybe you're gearing up for the holiday weekend. Talking to you. We want to hook you up with an Apple Watch, brand new. I'm not talking used. I'm not talking taking Hannah Five Names old watch and trying to give it to you. No, no, these are brand new Apple Watches, and we want to hook you up with them. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. That's right. Our brand new text club. Simply text the word GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you're going to be eligible to win a brand new Apple Watch. Plus, you're going to have tons of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the game's brand new text club. Find out more by visiting 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can get hooked up with a brand new Apple Watch. 
You know, I don't wear watches because I'm tough on them. It's a thing with, with me. My entire life has been this way. My mom can back me up on this. I get a watch, I'd always break them. I'd always break them. They either just stop running for no good reason, or I was always notorious for, like, I'd come in through a doorway and he'd get caught on the door jam and snap off. Over and over again, plastic watches, metal watches, does not matter. There's a graveyard of watches somewhere that I've personally put in the ground. I'm tough on them. That's why I would never get an Apple watch. Because, first of all, that's really expensive. That's one thing. Two, I don't think I have the capabilities of being able to actually utilize the Apple Watch. I don't think I have that skill set. Why? Because it's a small little screen. And you're having to press the buttons to get the phone calls to come through and to read your text messages. I can't do that. I struggle to put on my pants in the morning. You think I can handle doing an Apple Watch? Also, they're definitely more durable than regular watches. Like I've Have you seen my laptop? You see the condition it's in. Yes. I'm rough on phones. Look at my phone. I got one of those otter boxes and I've somehow figured out a way to crack it. And if it's supposed to be protecting my phone, they're like, it's durable. It's a lifetime oh, yeah, the guarantee. Ot- no, the otter box, no, that no, that's failed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, are you sure about that? Watch. Yeah, mine shattered the back of my phone when I had one. I don't use them anymore. Um but like tells you the time. Like right now I got Buzz Lightyear shaking my head telling me that's seven forty three. Um Yes, but a regular watch does that as well. It has a moving Buzz Lightyear or Rex or Woody or Jesse running at you on the horse. No. No, it does not. Fair. Fair. That's not selling me on spending the hundreds of dollars on the new Apple Watch. I mean, I, you can take a shower with this, too. Why would I want to have my watch on while I'm in the shower? I'm just saying, if you forget why, why would it, I want, it's on there. Why would I want to answer took, phone calls in the shower or answer a I'm text message in the shower? That seems gross and weird. That's my time to bathe myself. I'm my time to letting, answer phone calls. I'm just letting you know that if you forget to take it off and you went to the, the shower, you wouldn't ruin it that way. I feel like you're forgetful, too, so you may wouldn't have forgotten that it was on your own. I'm slightly forgetful. But yes. Thank you. I mean, it took me, the other one I had, it took me, what, four? Whenever it first came out, four or five years since I, that I actually finally broke the other one. That's because it did something very miraculous where I opened the door to work and it, things went, Mrah. and it came off. <laughs> like, it's a little slinky. But, like, this, I mean... I read all of our texts for our group messages with you. Then I go, I can cook, and I can see the text messages come because up. Because you have a skill set that allows you to do that. You're young. You understand how this works. It just pops up. I'm going to be the 44 years old this year. Yes, and I I'm really a 65 year old man trapped in a 43 year old man's body. You think I'm an 83 year old woman trapped <laughs> in a 24 year old's body? But you know what? It just pops up on your your wrist. You don't have to quickly press all the buttons to get to the hex messages. I don't trust myself not to break it with literally in the first four days of having it. That's exactly what would get. My <laughs> wife would get me this beautiful new Apple Watch, the one that we're trying to give away there with the new text club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com. Or 141thegame.com. Boom. And I would break it within four days. I'm telling you, that's how that would work. While we have a few minutes here, we'll put the Apple Watch talk aside. 
lots of guys have begun NBA free agency, and they got a lot of money to buy a lot of Apple Watches now. Lots of money. The Joker with the Denver Nuggets, your two-time league MVP, agrees to a Supermax extension worth $270 million to stay in the Mile House City. Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns reportedly have agreed to a $224 million Supermax extension. <laughs> extension. Just... 224 just like the money involved in these contracts is just mind-blowing so Jokic gets the 270 million dollar supermax extension from the Nuggets Devin Booker gets the 224 million dollar supermax extension from the Phoenix Suns Carl Anthony Towns better known as Cat which automatically should be Kevin Foote's favorite player because he loves saying the word Cat Agrees to a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ja Morant. Emerging talent. A guy, an individual, a player that our friend Darren, number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company, thought the Pelicans should have drafted number one overall center Zion. He agrees to a five-year extension worth up to $231 million. Those are just the Supermax extensions that happened yesterday as NBA free agency is ramping up. Gary Payton Jr. looks like he's leaving Golden State. Portland Trailblazers are trying to scoop him up on a three-year deal. The New York Knicks got their man. I guess, and Dallas Mavericks star Brunson, who agrees to a four-year, $104 million deal. I guess that's going to make the Knicks relevant. I'm not for sure. But that's where we stand. Once again, we're still waiting on what's going to happen with James Harden. Remember, he opted out of the one-year deal with the 76ers. Some reports have it that he's going to re-sign with the 76ers. Bradley Beal also opted out of his deal with the Washington Wizards. It looks like he's going to re-sign possibly. But the big news for the NBA, of course, was Kevin Durant. His agent has reported that KD has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie says, I'm coming back. I'm opting in. Let's do this, Brooklyn. Let's do this, KD. Let's roll. And Kevin Durant's like, eh. You know, it's been fun, Brooklyn. It's been real. It's time for me to bounce to another team. Plenty of suitors out there. Apparently, reports are Kevin Durant's dream. He has a lit, a wish list, if you will. It includes Phoenix. It includes Miami. And at one time, some reports had it possibly one of the Los Angeles teams. Of course it does. So where will KD go? We'll find out later on. But NBA free agency and Supermax money is being thrown around. Guys are getting $224 million with ease these days. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to unveil our Game Changer of the Week phone call. The man made his debut on RP3 and Company, and he delivered the goods. 
That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. Are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? 82% of you say yes. 18% say no. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. But right now, it's time for us to unveil the game changer of the week. Once again, he made his RP3 and company debut this week, and he delivered the goods. Here he is. Here is this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on, Paul, to the show. Paul, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Oh, well, morning, morning. Glorious days for a Yankee win, my fellow Yankee. <laughs> well, this man Dude. keeps calling me a fellow Yankee. I've explained <laughs> this to you, Paul. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. Have been my Don't whole you. life. Rooted for Dale Murphy as a kid, my favorite player of all time. Not changing now, affiliations, bud. I, I don't want you to say that because, I mean, when I, I did my research on the Braves from, from like, 1914 to 57. You know, it, like, took you all 43 years to win some type of championship. Then it took you all 26 years, you know, from 95 to 21. You know, I mean, that's not good. That's not good right there, you know. And you had mentioned about the Yankees' drought back in the 80s. It, I mean, when I looked at everybody, I mean, it took us 18 years. You know, that was a drought for us. But when you compare it to, like, the Ugly Sox, to win they six championship, it took them 86 years. Talk about some losers. So you on a good side being a Braves fan than a Red Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I noticed you was talking about joining this reward club. Is that the Yankee Reward Club? It's not the Yankee Reward Club. No, that was it's the, our rewards club, like. you maniac. it's all about winning. You know, win this, win that. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there, bud. I like that. I like that. (laughs) Hey, uh, but Paul, serious question though. I I loved what I saw. Look, I'm not a I'm not a Yankees fan or Astros fan. I thought that was a great series over the weekend. It felt like a postseason series to me. It it just felt that way. Aaron Judge is making his claims to being the best hitter in baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You guys, bullpen is superior than the Astros. But do you believe your Yankees still need to go out and get another starting pitcher to add to the rotation? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, um, our pitching is not what it used to be. I hear Foot was saying that yesterday about how pitching was really a key to the Yankees' success, which is true because we had a lot of great pitchers back in our um, days. And I look, I, I, look, I hate to do this, but I will give the Cheetahs some credit. They are a tough team. They, they, are, they are a threat. Out of anybody in the league, they are with the race. The and two I best really teams in baseball, Paul, are the, the two best teams in baseball, period, are the Astros and the Yankees. I, I, I don't yeah. think it's close. I really don't. You know, I, I wish they was on the other side so I could see them in the championship. You see what there I'm saying? Go. Instead there of seeing go. them on our way there. There you, you go. Know, they tough. I, I give them credit. I give them credit. You know, but we are distracted with the Aaron Judge, um, you know, contract. The arbitration. So that gave them a little help. Yeah. yeah, that gave them a little help. But um, they're a tough team. I give them credit. I give them kudos, you know, because we are a classy organization and fan base, so we know how to give credit what credit is doing, like other fan clubs, like the Astros, you know. Oh, here now, it is. Here it is. Hey, I will say yeah. this. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I believe you guys need to go and get another arm. I, I do think that's going to be just, key. And yeah, I think Cashman will probably be aggressive enough to go get somebody uh, that's fading because this year in baseball – 
it, the, the top is really high and then the bottom is really yeah. low, right? There's a huge divide this year. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to be able to uh, poach someone. Do you believe in your skipper, though? I guess that's my question. I always ask Yankee fans this. Do you believe in Boone to get the job done? I have no choice but to believe in. I've been down on him because he we always win like this, but when the postseason comes, we lose. Right. If he can't get it done this year, he got to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's fair. I, you know, because um, like I say, uh, it's championship or bust when you're a Yankee. It's our, our Laker. You know, it's championship or bust. There's no, we don't hang banners for winning just season games, you know, or beating a team. It's about championships, and it's been since 09. It's time to win one, and you got a talent like Aaron Judge and Statham and so on. There's no way we're not supposed to win to have one of these one, two championships since 09. Monument no Plaza is not filled with regular season accolades. It's filled with pennants and championships, bud. Exactly, exactly. Go. Now, I do want to ask something before I let you go. All right, bud. Yesterday, they had that little Red Sox fan. I don't know if the Sox lost last night. Woohoo! Now, he came over here this mo- yesterday morning singing, We Are the Champions. No, 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 no. Nope, that is a lie. The, the ugly Sox is no champion. It took him 86 years to win. They six one. So I'm going to say this. He needs to sing the original song. It's called We Are the Yankees. I'll leave you off with that one. Have a good one, RP. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Have a great day, bud. That was this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer of the Week. Paul was our Game Changer of the Week. Congratulations on that. We got to take a timeout. Hour number two is in the books. Hour number three, we're going to kick it off with Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South, breaking down the latest with college football, college sports, and realignment. That's next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning. Welcome back to RP3 and Company Man. It's July 1st, and we got nothing to talk about. (laughs) I could, I can't, I can't even. Wow, it just never ends. It just never ends. NBA free agency, $224 million Supermax deals being handed out like candy on Halloween. Houston Astros beating the New York Yankees. Transfer portal, but the big news and the thing that's moving the needle is obviously yet more realignment for college sports. If you're confused, if you've gotten dizzy, if... You're like, hey, I took geography, so this doesn't make any sense. You're not alone, but this is a world we live in. College football is driving this car, so to speak. And yesterday, USC and UCLA collaborating together, reaching out to the Big Ten, and then the Big Ten accepting them in starting in 2024. What is this going to do for the Pac-12? Can they survive? Will them and the Big 12 just combine to make a super leftover conference? Will we'll be headed to 20-team super leagues or even more 30-team super conferences? 
What does the future hold, and what does the SEC and others do in response? To break it all down for us is one of the best college football and college athletic writers in the country, Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South joins us. Adam, good morning, brother. Thank you for making the time, and happy 4th of July weekend to you, my friend. Yeah, happy 4th of July to you. It seems uh, this is supposed to be a slow time, but uh, I don't think there is such a thing in college sports anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. So, okay, what can you tell us? How did this go down? It seemed to to come out of nowhere, but once the reporting started coming out yesterday, apparently – USC and UCLA were collaborating together on this, right? And this had been going on for a few weeks, them laying the groundwork for joining the Big Ten. What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, it seems like USC was the driving force there. Um, and UCLA, you know, saw an opportunity and was like, hey, we'll come with you. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy how quickly that all came together. I mean, once that report broke um, early afternoon yesterday and then, by evening, everything was official. So, you know, they clearly kept that quiet for quite some time, which is uh, in today's Twitter world is uh, an impressive feat, really. Um, so kudos to John Wilner for breaking that report. But, uh, yeah, that was that was kept pretty quiet, and uh, it seems like it was a pretty expedited process, too. Now they have two teams on the West Coast, and it reminds me, just historical perspective, of when baseball went out to Los Angeles with the Dodgers and then the Giants. You needed two teams out there, right, to to kind of root yourself uh, out there. But does this mean that the Big Ten is done poaching the Pac-12? Could we see more teams being added to the coffers of the Midwest Conference? And who do you think those could be? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Nicole Auerbach reported that, you know, both the Big Ten and SEC could be looking to expand to 20 or if not more teams. Uh, And, you know, you're right. You need at least two teams on the West Coast to make that make sense. But I think it would make even more sense if they were able to get four teams uh, from out there. So I don't know if you look at like a Stanford, Oregon or an Oregon, Washington package or if you look to expand into the mountain time zone and snag like Utah and Colorado. Um, there's there's a lot of options available there for the Big Ten. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there, I think you need at least two more of your teams to come from the the Midwest and then – or from the, from the West. And then – and then you look to the to the Midwest for the further expansion, and I think they're going to go hard after Notre Dame. Um, but they're not going to wait around. They're not going to let Notre Dame dictate this thing. They're going to say, hey, look, we're forming a super conference. We want you to be a part of it, but we're not going to sit around and play games while you try to get the best deal possible. You're in or you're out. And uh, if not, we'll uh, go snag like Duke in North Carolina as a package deal. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Notre Dame does, but uh, I think they're on the clock now. Yeah, you you led me to my next question, Adam, about Notre Dame. Uh, They're not going to have as much power in this decision-making as maybe they they would want because the, the land underneath them, the ground underneath them, is shifting so quickly. Do you believe Notre Dame will finally, after all these years, say, hey, it's time for us to join the Big Ten in all sports? I think that's where it's going. That's what 
the smart move is for Notre Dame. So we'll see if, but like I said, you know, if they play stubborn and try to drag their feet a little bit, then the Big Ten is going to move on. I mean, we saw how quickly this answer to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma happened. Um, so, I mean, the SEC would probably love to have Notre Dame, too. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of which one the Irish want to join, but uh, they better pick one or else they're going to be left out, and then maybe they'll have to join up with the remnants. You know, it, it would make sense for them to just join the ACC, but, uh, you know, I don't think that the ACC is going to be around much longer either because I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm leading you to your next question here, but uh, I think that, that there's plenty of ACC teams out there that uh, could be in the SEC in a couple of years too. We're talking with Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South. He joins us here talking about college football realignment. And uh, just a follow-up on Notre Dame, it also make a lot of sense now for the Big Ten because all of Notre Dame's traditional rivalries are now going to be in the Big Ten. USC, Michigan, Purdue, Michigan State, they're all in there now. So, you know, and if you add Stanford, let's say you add another one, well, now all your, you know, rivalries that Notre Dame loves to have, they're all in the conference. So it kind of makes a lot of sense, especially for a program that prides itself on its tradition and really kind of lives off its tradition in a lot of ways. Let's move on to the ACC. Now, the Pac-12 can break up like this because the media rights deal expires soon, so that's why they're able to go and jump ship to another conference as quickly as they can. The ACC is a little bit more complicated, right, Adam? Isn't that because the media rights contract is still got a decade-plus left on it? How much of a hurdle is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think that one still goes on until, like, 2036 or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's a significant hurdle. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there was a lot of – there were a lot of hurdles to clear for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC and, uh, you know, got past those. And I think that that could be moved up a bit, too. I think that we're going to see some lawyers uh, working on some deals to get Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC in 2024 now. Uh, oh, yeah. That's when UCLA and USC are going to join the Big Ten. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no such thing as an obstacle too big when it comes to the money that college athletics is raking in these days with their TV rights deals and their uh, other media deals and their revenue from you know campus ticket sales and all that. So you know, I would expect uh, if if the SEC wants a few ACC schools, you know. That is that is a way that this media rights deal thing could be avoided. You know, if 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 the ACC just completely collapses, then there's no ACC left to collect the media rights money. So, you know, that that might be what they try to do, and that might be why uh, expanding even beyond 20 makes sense uh, to go to 24, because then, you know, maybe the Big Ten adds, you know. The North Carolina schools and Boston College and Syracuse, and then the the SEC adds, you know, Clemson, the Miami schools, Georgia Tech, maybe a couple of others. Um, so, you know, then the ACC just completely collapses, and now all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the media rights deals through twenty thirty six. Let me ask you, what do you think the dream wish list is for Greg Sankey and company when it comes to poaching from the ACC? Uh, you know, Florida State always seems like the most natural fit of all the teams because of where they're located. 
And it, Florida State feels like an SEC school anyway. But you mentioned Miami. That makes a lot of sense. I know Florida's not going to like that, but the SEC's already proven they don't care if you like their decisions as they prove to Texas A&M by bringing in Texas. So who's the top four in your opinion? Is it a combination of Georgia Tech, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson? Or is it maybe North Carolina and Duke? Or what do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think that the two big ones that they want to bring in for sure would be, yeah, Florida State and Clemson. But from there, you know, the options are interesting. They would love, I'm sure, to have UNC and Duke just because of what that does to their basketball profile all, all of a sudden. Then you get, you know, games between Duke and Kentucky. You get games between UNC and Tennessee. You know, Arkansas is a team on the rise that gets to, you know, square off against these teams. So, you know, that's, those would be big prizes for the men's basketball side. Uh, so that would, but, you know, I think, you know, if, if they do expand to 24, then you've got plenty of options there. You can add UNC and Duke. You can add Florida State and Miami. You can add Clemson and Georgia Tech. You can add Virginia Tech. You know, there's, there's you could even bring on Virginia if there's still space left over. So, you know, I think that uh, there's there's plenty of options there, and a lot of these schools, you know, they boost the profile of the league uh, from multiple sports, uh, and, and I think that that's going to be important moving forward. Particularly, I mean, football is king, obviously, but uh, basketball is is prince, I guess, and. Uh, and there's re- there's reason to make decisions based on men's basketball, too, in, in some ways. Do you believe last year it was announced during SEC Media Days that the Texas and Oklahoma news? Now, we have this Big Ten news. Do you expect any additional news to come out in between now and Media Days in Atlanta? Yeah, honestly. I mean, I think that this is set everybody's scrambling. Um, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of uh, angry administrators out there because this is, again, supposed to be the slow time of the year. But uh, now here we are again, and, uh, and it's a crazy news cycle again. So, you know, it, just like the, the NFL has moved into a year-round league, just like, you know, the NBA is uh, continuing to dominate headlines even through the offseason with free agency here starting today and uh you know now college football won't even rest during during a, a dead period either so you know i would expect you know to to hear about the future of the pac-12 soon i i it'll be interesting to see if uh you know a couple of those schools decide to jump ship and join the big 12 because you know that was a thing a couple years ago was a potential merger between the pac-12 and the big 12 um, and now that USC and UCLA are gone, maybe those two conferences push a little harder to uh, to make something like that happen. Uh, but I would expect Oregon to be really fighting for a spot in the Big Ten now. I would expect that uh, you know Kansas is going to want to try to get into the Big Ten too, based on its basketball resume. So um, you know that it it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I don't think that we're done hearing anything about this. I think that July is going to be a crazy month now. We'll wrap it up with this, Adam. Of the teams out there, the big marquee teams that are left, that are in these conferences that are on shaky ground, particularly Big 12, Pac-12, and possibly ACC, what 
name brand team or traditional team is in the most danger of being left out without a chair to sit in, so to speak? Well, uh, yeah, as a as a Mizzou guy, it delights me to say this, but uh, I think Kansas is in real trouble. I think that uh, the Jayhawks have a powerful men's basketball brand. Uh, you know, they obviously just won the national title, depending on, you know, how you think of Bill Self and those sanctions that got Will Wade fired, but got Bill Self handed a national, national championship trophy, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think that Kansas is in real danger. You know, they don't they don't have a powerful football brand. You know, are they up to the academic standards of the Big Ten? I I don't know. I don't know that that part of the equation. Um, they're a great basketball school. There's no denying that. But uh, you know, they might be left without a chair to sit in, and uh, they might have to remain in a watered down Big Twelve, or um, you know, maybe they try to make some sort of move to get their basketball team into like a big East or something like that. I I have no idea what they do, but uh, you know, there's gotta be some worry going on in Lawrence right now. And uh, you know, that's fine with me as a Mizzou guy. (laughs) Adam, appreciate your time as always, brother. Tell the people where they can go to read all your great work and how to follow you on social media, my friend. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Adam Spencer 4 And, uh, yeah, just go to Saturday Down South and uh, subscribe to our Saturday football newsletter. I'm sure we'll have plenty about realignment in the coming edition, too, because that's going to dominate the news cycle. Bud, appreciate your time. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Try to get you some rest and uh, recharge those batteries, brother, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Yeah, there's no longer an, an, an off time. For, for college football, for football period. And he's right about Kansas. That's the one that you kind of go, uh-oh. Oregon, because of their backing by Nike and Phil Knight, that's going to be attractive. I agree with Adam. You probably need to get two teams, two more teams on the West Coast if you're the Big Ten to make it work, really. Maybe one of those teams is in the mountain time zone. Or maybe that's Colorado to help out with that, but... This isn't done, and you heard him. He expects more realignment news to come out between now and SEC media days. There could be another big announcement coming. What if the SEC poached North Carolina and Duke from the ACC? (laughs) Oh, man. That'd be something. That would be something. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, It'll be time for some cash and tickets with our guy Nick Fond, no semi-pro gambler. That's coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets? 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Listen up, because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler Nick Fontenot. I get so nervous when I gamble. I'm so silly. Here is Cashing Tickets on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station simulcast on Stadium 32.3. Breaking news. Nick Fontenot. And the cashing tickets segment is going to be leaving RP3 and company to go to a radio station in Indiana because that's what we're doing these days. Realignment galore. Good morning, bud. (laughs) Good morning. How's it going? Hey, 
Hey, as someone, you and I both lived in Big Ten country for a considerable uh, uh, amount of time. Um, just, just general non-betting here. Uh, USC, UCLA are in the Big Ten. I, 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 I have no words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, college football hasn't made sense in a while, and this one. This one makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's it's just a completely different landscape as far as, as what we're used to, and and this is kind of where it's going. And I don't expect this to be the last chip to fall. I expect plenty more of this to be happening. We got Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. I mean, we already had Maryland and Rutgers in the Big Ten. That doesn't make any sense to me either. We've been having that for a few years. So I think we're going to see a lot more of this coming up here pretty soon. It's going to be bound for a couple super conferences, and then everyone else is going to be left by the wayside. That's what it's going to happen. That's right. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, When things like this happen, realignment, how does it change gambling at all? I mean, does it change lines? I mean, we're talking a year down the road, a few years down the road, obviously, but does this change how you bet with constant realignment going on? Well, I think you just got to look at some of the ramifications of this happening, such as a team like uh, Maryland or a team like Rutgers having to travel to USC and play a 9 p.m. start uh, their time, which would be a, you know, a 6 p.m. start in, in, in L.A. So you, you look at things like that. I mean, there's no ramifications for it right now, obviously, because like you said, it's a few years away. But there's definitely stuff like that that's going on. There's going to be a lot of cross-country trips more frequently than we see now in college football. It might happen every now and then, but you know, teams like Rutgers and, and, and Maryland and even a team like Ohio State, is, which is an East Coast team, you know, having to travel across country on a regular basis to play those late night games, or or vice versa, USC maybe having to go to a, to, to Maryland and play an early morning game. Those, those are the kind of things you're going to look for to maybe give you an edge where you're saying, hey, this USC team might be a little bit better, but they had to travel all that way. Maybe Maryland has an edge. Things like that. Those are those are the things that's going to change because those trips are going to be happening more frequently than we see maybe a once or twice a year type of thing. All right, bud. Let's switch gears here. No NBA playoffs, no NFL action, no NHL playoffs. So now we can solely focus on baseball. For those who are not that familiar with betting on America's pastime, what are some tips that you can give them, just say for this 4th of July weekend? What what are some baby steps into gambling on baseball? Well, the number one thing about about baseball is, is the number one thing about baseball in general. It's pitching. You are betting the pitcher. You are not betting the, the the team. So the Yankees might be, you know, on a big winning streak, or the Braves had that 14 game winning streak earlier this month, or the Mets might be, you know, struggling, losing, uh, having one of the worst months in in franchise history. Which, as a Braves fan, I'm enjoying quite a lot. But you gotta <laughs> you gotta bet the pitcher. So you look at it, look at pitcher uh, and pitcher matchups, and if the pitcher you like is pitching, then you take it, and the lines are going to be high if a. Uh, you know, if, uh, if if an ace pitcher is on the mound, those lines are going to be a little bit higher. It's going to be a little bit more expensive to bet that guy. I had a, a Justin Verlander line when they played, I believe they played the Mets earlier this week, and the line was minus 160. It was an expensive line, but you just had a feeling the Mets weren't going to be able to touch Verlander and the, and the Astros won 2 nothing. So it was worth it to invest that money. So you're betting the pitcher, not the team. So you might have a team that's a little bit better than another team, but if they're if they're throwing a little bit better pitcher, then that other team, you might want to look at maybe taking that money line or, or taking taking the uh, taking the better odds. So you're betting the pitcher, not the team. That's the number one tip for betting baseball. I like that. I like that. 
Talking with Nick Fondo, semi-pro gambler, giving us some tips here on RP3 and company for your holiday weekend. All right, baseball. Give me a, a, a pitching matchup or give me who you're laying money on this weekend for Major League Baseball, bud. Who do you like? So I like, yeah, I like this, uh, this Rich Hill matchup today. The Red Sox are, are taking the Cubs. Minus 148 for the Red Sox on the Cubs. The Cubs are not bad, and this game is in Wrigley Field. So you might be looking at it and saying, now ah, there's money to be made uh, on that plus 125 line with the Cubs. But, but like I said, Hill's, Hill's the better pitcher, and, and you're, betting, you're betting the pitcher. That's a perfect example of maybe the, the Cubs might, might have a chance to win that game, and you're looking at the teams, and you're like, Cubs are at home. It's a, it's a, 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 one, o'clock, a 1 o'clock start uh, that usually favors, favors the Cubs. No, you're betting the pitcher. So I would take the Red Sox minus 145. That's just one example of, of something that it, all things are leading to the Cubs uh, being the favorite in that game, but they're not because you're betting the pitcher. All right, let's switch gears from baseball to football. USFL championship, bud. It's coming. We're going to have the Stallions. We're going to have the Stars. I know you're devastated. We were going to order T-shirts for the Breakers winning it all, but that did not happen. Birmingham, Philadelphia are going to be playing for the championship this Sunday wrapping up the 10-week regular season and playoffs in the inaugural return of the USFL. Who do you got? What's the betting line, and who do you got this weekend for the USFL championship? Let me just say something about the USFL, okay? Because last week, I, I kind of got into it because it was the playoffs. And that's 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 what that's how I'm going to be, right? If the Breakers are in the playoffs, that's what I'm going to start following. And so I, I was kind of looking for it. I, I wasn't really watching the game, but I was on Twitter trying to search for scores, trying to get updates. Not a good job. USFL did not do a great job no. of updating the game as it, as it went. The highlights were late. I was getting the scores late. There was no score bug to follow live. So not very impressed with how the USFL handled uh, those playoffs last week. However, uh, we're into the championship game with the Stars and the Stallions. I'm going to take the Stallions as a favorite, minus four and a half. They are the home team, which I said last week didn't matter, but apparently it did because they beat the Breakers. So uh, maybe they're maybe they're fixing it towards Birmingham winning the winning the game. So minus four and a half on the spread, I like that. I like the Stallions to take down the championship. All right, bud. Wimbledon Tour de France. Wimbledon's already started early uh, early rounds there. Tour de France starts this weekend. Are you so much of a degenerate gambler that you're betting on cycling and tennis? Yes or no? Hundred percent. Hundred <laughs> percent. And look, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two slam dunk picks for both of these sports. Okay, slam dunk. In, in France, okay, what you got? On the Tour de France, on the Tour de France, it's, it's uh, Tadai Pogacar, this uh, the Slovenian Slovenian cyclist. He's won the last two de France. He's the only guy minus money at minus one fifty. That is an absolute lock. If you want to make money, go to your local sports book, download whatever app you use, and put everything on Tadai Pogacar to win the Tour de France. That's a lock. I'm locking it in. On the men's side of Wimbledon, I think it's Djokovic. Now, Djokovic opened up the tournament at minus 140. Right now, he's minus 210. But think about it like this. Nadal has won the first two Grand Slams this year. But Djokovic is not going to play in the U.S. Open because of his vaccination. So he's, he's not vaccinated, and the U.S. Open is requiring it. So this is the last major that Djokovic is going to play. Nadal's not that strong on grass. So I like Djokovic at minus 210 to take it all. If you're looking for a long shot in Wimbledon, Nick Curios yesterday, he won a game in 43 seconds. He has a massive serve. He's plus 1,600. That'd be a long shot that I would take. But bet it all on Djokovic and bet it all on the Tour de France, Tadai Pogacar. If he doesn't win, I would be very surprised. My man. 
Nick, appreciate you, Tom, as always, brother. Enjoy the holiday weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next Friday, bud. All right, man. See you. We got to take a timeout. When we come back here in RP3 and Company, it's 4th of July weekend. Fireworks, music, hot dogs, and fun. Well, you know what? We got an event that we need to let you know about. Social Entertainment's putting it on down there at Sugar Mill Pond. We're here from one of their event organizers. Coming up next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 1st, 1982. Cal Ripken Jr. makes the first of his record 2,216 consecutive Major League Baseball starts at shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The holiday weekend is almost upon us. It's going to be a great time of celebrating our nation's independence. There'll be plenty of cookouts, hot dogs, burgers on the grill, and of course, fireworks celebrations. And to talk about a big-time celebration happening right here in Acadiana is our next guest, Micah from Social Entertainment. She's here to talk about the Sugar Mill Pond Independence Celebration. It's going to be on July 3rd, 5 to 9 o'clock. There's going to be a fireworks display and, of course, Live music from Radio Zydeco. Micah, thank you so much for making the time. Good morning and happy 4th of July. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I think I think you told everything about the event already. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about uh, this event. Obviously, you're with Social Entertainment putting on this type of extravaganza, if you will. What was the inspiration uh, behind it? Um, is it you know related to the fact that everyone's kind of getting back to some sense of normalcy now with concerts like Downtown Rising earlier this year and everything like that? There's just another event for the community. Tell us a little bit about the genesis and the and the idea that kind of sparked this. Well, um, the the Independence Day celebration in uh, Youngsville and Shukamo Pond has have been taking place for many many years, and uh, it's uh, every year it's like a really really big event, and um, we sometimes have around ten thousands of people maybe more um, and of course the pandemic was a little bit in the way uh, from this event so what we did during the pandemic was um, we had a live stream where people could still watch beautiful fireworks um, so we made sure that the events um, you know people could still celebrate Independence Day but during the pandemic safely from their um, balcony or behind their computer phone but um, last year we were back in full swing and of course this year um, yeah we're back at Sugar Mill Pond with a huge celebration fireworks live music several food trucks I think we have uh, about five if not more we have over 20 pop-up vendors to shop locally sweets and treats and arts and crafts and um, yeah, people can dance. We have Radio Zadiko, which is a, a Zadiko band, but they mix it with um, some rock and roll and a little bit of rock elements in their music. So um, 
that's going to be fun. We have a DJ on site, and an o- the opening act will be the School of Rock, which is um, a local music school, but it's really where kids learn to play in a band, and um, they focus on 80s variety music. So that's going to be definitely a lot of fun. Nobody has to be bored. It's family-friendly. Um, we have a lot of kids' activities as well. And so uh, there will be big fun jumps and yard games and face painting. So really fun for all. You know, that leads me to my, my next question. You know, I've noticed it just as a fan of music and festivals. It, it does seem like everyone's kind of getting back to normal and there's no more reservations, right? It feels like people are far more comfortable. Last year, kind of a transitional year where people were still kind of coming out or or deciding to do things remotely. What's the reaction been and what's the buzz been like about you guys having, once again, this 4th of July celebration there at Sugar Mill Pond? Yeah, people are really looking forward to it. Um, Another uh, event that we do in the development is the uh, Spring and Fall Series Sugar Jam. And we've already seen a huge turnout during the Sugar Jam Music Series as well. So I can only imagine with this big Independence Day uh, celebration, which covers a way bigger part of the development and all the way around the pond, that, um, yeah, that we're going to have a lot of people there. And uh, of course, it's outdoors, so you can still social distance if you want. But um, yeah, it's just, it's it's going to be fun and just to see everybody smile and have fun and just have a sense of normalcy again. It, it's just a great feeling. We're talking with Michael with Social Entertainment about the Sugar Mill Pond Independence Celebration. It's going to be July 3rd. That's right, July 3rd, 5 to 9 o'clock. There's going to be fireworks. You you heard her. She says there's going to be food trucks. There's going to be little booths, pop-up booths, with local businesses selling their items as well. And, of course, live music entertainment and fun jumps for the kids. It's all going to be happening this weekend in in Sugar Mill Pond. Now, that is a residential area, a neighborhood, a big massive neighborhood there in Youngsville. Tell us about the parking situation for those that are coming from maybe not in Youngsville, coming from, say, where I live in, in Sunset or North Lafayette, if they're coming in or for, over from Bro Bridge, they're coming over. Where do they need to go to be able to park and be able to enjoy the show? So typically the people in the development, they often they just like take their golf cart or they walk to the event grounds. It's within walking distance. But from a- anybody kind of living in Youngsville, we would advise either carpool or potentially take an Uber. Um, that would be the easiest way for you to not have to spend a whole lot of time to find a parking spot um, and just enjoy the event as much as possible. Um, but however, for people coming from further away, we do have several big fields in the development where um, upon arrival, we'll be guiding you to that direction and um, you'll be able to park there. We do advise to then come a little bit earlier that will guarantee a spot for you. Um, there's also the Ascension School uh, with a big parking lot as well where people are allowed to park for this event but um the direct streets around the pond those will be blocked off it's going to be pedestrian friendly pedestrian only so um it will really be in and around the development where you're going to have to um park for this event mike I'd, I'd love to give your perspective on this obviously you've been involved with this event and with uh, so many of the events that social entertainment does for the past few years but you're originally from the netherlands so what is fourth of july celebration like for you as someone who's 
come here and to get to see how we react to the weekend and everything involved with it? That's a great question. I really love seeing how people um, celebrate their independence and um, people here really know how to party. Like whenever there's music on, everybody will be on the dance floor. People love food and barbecue and just they people here don't really need a lot of reasons to get together and have a good time i really noticed that but the fourth of july is really uh, a big celebration with the fireworks included where people really really like celebrate their independence so i i love this event in particular we have a similar type of thing in the netherlands where i'm from um which is on uh, may 5th where we call it liberation day as well after world war ii so it's the same thing the whole country will just uh kind of go wild and be par partying in the streets and everybody's walking around with the dutch um colors which is orange um so the whole country is orange but so it, it makes me feel a little bit like home. You know, I love this type of celebration. So, yeah, it's it's something I always look forward to as well. Michael, before we let you go, I want uh, to give you the opportunity to let people know exactly where they can go to find out more additional information, whether that's on social media or through a website. That way they can get everything they need to know to get prepared for Sunday's Sugar Mill Pond Independence Celebration uh, there starting at 5 o'clock. Yeah, there are several um, places where you can go and look up the information. You can go to sugarmillpond.com. You can go on Facebook and find the Sugar Mill Pond Facebook page or the specific event page, which is called Youngsville, Youngsville Independence Day Celebration at Sugar Mill Pond. Um, Instagram, Sugar Mill Pond on Instagram. Um, but also the local media has been covering it a lot. So they will be giving the details on where all the Independence Day celebrations will be taking place, what time, etc. Well, Micah, thank you so much for making the time. Once again, Sugar Mill Pond Independence Celebration this Sunday, July the 3rd, starts at 5 o'clock. It's going to go till a little past 9 o'clock. There's going to be a firework display. There's going to be live music from Radio Zydeco. There's going to be fun jumps for the kids. There's going to be food trucks, and nearly half a dozen of them on site, and especially plenty of pop-up vendors as well local businesses having their representation out there selling goods as well it's a great event Micah thank you so much again for your time and best of luck in hopefully great weather this weekend for the celebration thank you so much for having me and we hope to see you there once again that's Micah with social entertainment she was here joining us talking about the sugar mill pond independent celebration it'll be this Sunday July the 3rd starts at five o'clock we'll go till nine o'clock fireworks live music fun jumps vendors food trucks you name it come out have a great time there in youngsville we got to take a time out but more rp3 and company coming up right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros Oh, the Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Strohs are going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score yourself four tickets. You get to decide who comes with you. We don't. It doesn't matter to us. We just want to hook you up with tickets. Four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Reminder, 
Strohs, Angels, three-game set at Minute Maid Ballpark. You can listen to all the action live right here on the game. First pitch for tonight's game is 7-10. Astro launch will begin at 6.35 with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests today. James Yasko from the Lima Time Time Podcast. Adam Spencer for Saturday Down South. Nick Fondo, semi-pro gambler. And our friend from Social Entertainment putting on the 4th of July celebration there at Sugar Mill Pond. Also, shout out to Paul. Made his debut on RP3 and Company as a caller this week. Ends up being the game changer of the week. Shout out to him for doing that. Poll question of the day. We asked you, are we headed to 20-team super conferences for college sports? Final results, 86% of you say yes. 14% say no. Steve came in. Glad to hear from him before we hit the holiday weekend. There's only one super conference. It goes by the name SEC. Anything else is just an inferior imitation. Happy birthday, America. Enjoy the weekend. Don't drink and drive. Hashtag no salt Friday absolutely got to be safe out there have all the bad weather possibly coming through this weekend we're getting some rain right now because of the tropical depressions in the gulf just be careful this weekend not only with the weather but also with your fireworks i had a buddy of mine in high school scarred up his hand pretty good (laughs) messing around so be careful with your fireworks enjoy yourself but just be safe this weekend. And of course, as Steve says, don't drink, don't drink and drive. That's good no matter what the time of the year it is. Absolutely. What a week. Final thoughts here on college football expansion. A lot of us may not like it. A lot of us like the tradition of college sports. But this is what it's become. It is a just monster, and there's no end in sight. The college football that you grew up with, a lot lot of us grew up with, listening to Keith Jackson on Saturdays on the call, those days are done. They're done. And it's just not because of realignment and expansion Television revenue is taking over college athletics, particularly college football. It just has. It's taking it over. And NIL, that's going to play a role in all of this. College football playoff expansion. This is what it's going to become. It's going to become super conferences. More than likely super conferences that will eventually just depart the NCAA completely. I think that's going to happen within the next 10 years. Super conferences are going to be the less in less than five. It, it, it's just caught up. It's gained so much momentum. And now it's going to be an arms race between the Big Ten and the SEC. SEC struck first. Well, they both struck first, right? With expansion a few years ago, SEC added Missouri and Texas A&M. The Big Ten added... Colorado, I mean, added Nebraska and Rutgers, Maryland. So they've been kind of in this race, but everyone thought it was stabilized. Well, it's not. And the Big Ten and the SEC are going to determine what the rest of college football does. 
That's how it's going to work. Sankey and Warren are the two most powerful men in college sports. And USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten is just the beginning of this. You heard Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South tell us, expect more news to come out before we even get to media days later this month in Atlanta. North Carolina Duke, they're going to be fought over by the Big Ten and the SEC. Florida State, Miami, likely SEC teams. What happens with the Big 12, the Pac-12? Do they merge to try to survive? Who gets left out? Kansas could be a team with no home. This is the world we live in. Welcome to modern college athletics and modern college football. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again, not on Monday. We're off on Monday for the 4th of July. We'll be back Tuesday, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.